The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus came to his hometown and began to teach the people in the synagogue so that they were astounded and said, Where did this man get this wisdom and these deeds of power? Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? And are not his brothers James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? And are not all his sisters with us? Where did this man get all of this? And they took offense at him. But Jesus said to them, Prophets are not without honor except in their own country and their own house. And Jesus did not do many deeds of power there because of their unbelief. The Gospel of the Lord. Today we begin reading from the book of Leviticus. And the word Leviticus comes from the tribe Levi, which was that tribe set aside to supply priests for Israel so that they could be a people who worship God. The purpose of the book is to prepare a holy people to come before the Lord, set apart from sin. This particular chapter 23 that we just heard consists of a series of special yearly feasts that, again, help prepare the people to give sacrifice, worship, thanksgiving, remembering all the things God had done for them. We begin with the first feast mentioned, which is Passover. And we all know what Passover is. In the book of Exodus, that particular and special way in which God freed Israel from captivity in Egypt, all that bondage brought them through the desert to the promised land. The specific Passover was the tenth plague, where if Israel obeyed the Lord and sacrificed an unblemished lamb and put the blood of the lamb on their doorposts of their homes, the avenging angel would pass over and they would be saved. It was a spectacular tenth plague that broke Pharaoh's will and he released Israel. The next feast is the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which is closely associated with Passover. And so that was a seven-day festival where they had to remove all of the leaven or yeast from their homes and their food. Yeast was a symbol of sin. And so this was, again, a preparation, a reminder that the people had to come before the Lord as a holy people. It reminded Israel of sin and that they had to be quick to obey and quick to leave when they had the opportunity. And as you know, it would be easier and quicker to prepare unleavened bread than leavened bread. Both the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread is a type of the Eucharist. That's what we're doing here today. This is the Passover fulfilled, where at the Last Supper, Jesus, the Lamb of God, is pointed out by St. John the Baptist, the Lamb who would take away the sins of the world, called his twelve apostles to a meal, and said that this is my body given for you, and then poured the wine, this is my blood poured out for you, sacrificial language, and told the apostles to do this in remembrance of him and that great sacrifice that he would give his life on the cross and his blood on the cross would free us from sin, the true Passover. In 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, St. Paul recognizes all of this and says the following, quote, Cleanse out the old leaven that you may be a new dough, 
For Christ our Passover lamb has been sacrificed, therefore let us keep the feast. Now the feast he was referring to specifically was the Mass, because he was writing at a time when the Mass was already being celebrated in the early church. He recognized the fulfillment of the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread right there in the Eucharist. The next feast mentioned in our first reading is that of the first fruits. It says, When you enter the land that I am giving you and you reap its harvest, you should bring the sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest to the priest. And that's God speaking through Moses. The first fruits or crops harvested is to be offered to God as a reminder to the people that the harvest is a gift from God, providentially providing the harvest for the people. For us, we're called to do the same with our lives. So St. Paul again, now in Romans chapter 12, says, Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to the Lord. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That's the first fruits we offer as our very lives to the Lord. The next feast is booths or tabernacles. And that was again a yearly feast. And it reminded the people of their life in the desert and how God provided for them. And God's provision, protection, and deliverance is to be, again, remembered. So they would build these little booths and they would dwell in them as a reminder of how God provided way back when he delivered the people out of Egypt. Once again, as with all the other feasts, tabernacles is fulfilled in Christ. And so, for example, in John's Gospel, chapter 7 and chapter 8, Jesus said, right on the Feast of Tabernacles to the temple, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, streams of living water shall flow from within him. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. With all of these feasts in the Old Testament, they're fulfilled in Christ, and it all culminates in what we're doing here this morning. The greatest feast of all is the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. The question is, do we believe? And that was the Gospel. Because Jesus was teaching the people in Matthew chapter 13 in his hometown. And they said, well, we know who you are. We know who your brothers and sisters are. Who do you think you are to do these miracles? And Jesus says to them, prophets are not without honor except in their own country and in their own house. And he did not do many deeds of power there because of their unbelief. That brings us to today. You have faith because you're here. That's to be really a, a sign of thanksgiving that God is acting in your life. What we're called to do now, because of our knowledge of what God is doing, has done in our lives, is to proclaim the good news to our brothers and sisters. If you really understand what's going on, that Christ is giving himself to us, body, blood, soul, and divinity, in a new way. This has never happened before. This Mass is unique. Every time we come here, God gives himself to us in a particular way so that we go from strength to strength and are able to live out, as the Israelites were called to do, a mission to bring the good news to the nations. As Jesus said, go out into all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and I will be with you to the end of the age. 
Let us rejoice, thank God, and pray that our brothers and sisters will come back to the faith and we will be one community, one family, as God has called us to be.